SMS SAFM now on 41391. Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Atima, let's uh, get more information around franchising law and uh, some of the legal aspects around that. Let me remind you, if you'd like to interact or ask your questions, it's on 011-714-2006 or WhatsApp on 0614-104-107 for SMSs 41391. Let me welcome our guest, uh, Danny Strachan, who is a partner at Adams and Adams Law Firm. Danny, thank you very much for joining us this evening. Good evening, Patricia. How are you? Excellent, thank you. How are you doing? I'm great, thank you. Excellent. Now, Danny, we are speaking about um, franchising law. A lot of people feel that franchising is a good business to go into, or even when your business has reached a point where you feel that now you'd like to expand and become a franchisor, then, you know, it's one of the things that we we, we look at. It's tried and tested models. But one thing that we, we usually fail to look at are the franchising laws. Maybe let's start off by talking about what a franchise agreement is on its own. So basically a franchise is an arrangement between the franchisor and the franchisee. So the franchisor owns the brand and the franchisee is the person who wants to start a business under the umbrella of the brand. So that agreement basically allows the franchisee to use someone else's name to conduct business. So if you conclude a franchise agreement, um, you are signing up with, for example, a hamburger franchise to use their trademark. So you can open a store using their name outside, using their brand on the menus and using their recipes normally. Mm. And now in terms of a license agreement, franchising license agreement, could you take us through that? How does one um, get one if you are the franchisor wanting franchisees? Yeah, so franchisee, franchisors normally advertise their franchises on their websites um, they are also exposed these days, they are virtual because of the lockdown and all the restrictions. But in the past, there used to be actual franchise expos that you can go and visit and you can go and speak to various franchisors. But as I say, all the big brands that we see you know, on a corner or in a mall or a shopping center, um, on their websites, there will be a franchising tab. And then you can normally fill in a form and contact them if, if you're interested in obtaining one of their franchises. Now, the the licensing agreement, what is the process of uh, drafting up one? So it depends um, on whether you want to start a franchise or whether you are a franchisee that, that, is, that is looking into buying a franchise. Um, most of the big franchises would have their own standard franchise that they'll um, present to you if you're interested in buying a franchise from them. We, we, we use the term buying a franchise, but you can, can't actually buy their brand. What you are getting is the is the right to use their brand. Um, but if you, let's say you have a restaurant and you've realized that you can you can expand that restaurant into a franchise, um, then you'll, you'll put together an agreement that will set out what you provide the franchisee with so that essentially it's the right to, to use your brand, to use your recipes, your know-how. In other words, the way in which you know this is, is the best to, to run that business. Um, and then, of course, um, the important part that the franchisor would be interested in is, is being paid for that because you, you've built up this know-how and this excellent sort of business method over a number of years and you're allowing the franchisee to step in. So it's almost like buying a business in a box 
Um, so you get the brand that has already been established. It's already out there. People recognize it. You get the recipes if it's a restaurant, but it doesn't have to be a restaurant. There are all sorts of interesting ways in which people franchise estate agencies. There are even social services franchises. So you get all sorts of franchise franchise arrangements. But the essentially the agreement will allow someone to use your IP, so it's your brand, your know-how, your recipes, your copyright. Um, and in exchange for that, you pay. So there will obviously be provisions that will explain to the franchisee how much they pay upfront, how much they pay per quarter or per month, and how those royalties are, are calculated. Now, Danny, from, from what you've explained, it seems like uh, the licensing uh, aspect of it or drawing up the license agreement would lie on the franchisor's uh, responsibility. And obviously, they would need to be the one to put together everything that will protect the entire franchise system. However, would there be any merit in a franchisor, a potential franchisor, bringing in their own legal team to scrutinize these particular licenses? Because you never know where there could be po- uh, pitholes. Yes, so so I'm assuming you're referring to to the potential franchisee. Yes, yes. Um, I don't think one must just assume that because it's a standard agreement that everything will be in order. I, I guess it's very similar to a lease agreement. You know, when you want to rent a property or a building or a house, you normally expect to find certain things in a lease agreement. But when you inspect it carefully, then you might sort of be surprised if you look at some of those clauses. And, and I think it's the same with a, with a franchise agreement. So um, the franchise agreement can, by, by its nature, become quite a complicated document because the franchisor would want to make sure that they properly protect the franchise system, obviously in the interests of the franchisor, but also all the other franchisees because you don't want one rogue franchisee that, that brings down the rest of the franchise system, include the other, including the other franchisees. So, Therefore, from, from the franchisor's perspective, it's important to have a comprehensive franchise agreement. But if you're a potential franchisee, I think it is very important. Even if you think that the franchisor might not want to make changes to the contract or whatever, it is important that you get legal advice so you can understand what the agreement is about and what you are signing up for. Um, I think like, like in life generally, whenever you sign a contract, you need to read it and make sure that you understand it and that that you are okay with what is in that contract. Um, the Consumer Protection Act does give some protection to franchisees, and we can talk a little bit about the law there. But ultimately, if you sign that agreement, you are bound to what is in that document. So unless you have experience in, in, in reading longish franchise agreements, it's normally a good idea to consult a lawyer or someone that's familiar with those kinds of agreements so they can explain to you what the risks are and, and, and what the burden will be that will be on, on you as the franchisee. We are talking to Dan Strachan, who is a partner at Adams and Adams Law Firm. A-teamers, we're talking about the fact that, um, you know, we need to be cognizant or understand or get help um, when we are going to franchising because there's a legal aspect of it. Franchising law is quite important for us to know. I'd like to hear from you if you've got any questions, uh, A-teamers. The number to dial is 011-714-2006 or you can send us an SMS on 41391. You can also WhatsApp on 0614104107. Danny, you were speaking uh, just now about the Consumer Protection Act. I think it's something that is quite important for us to look at, especially when it comes to franchising legislation. Yes, so until 
the the Consumer Protection Act was adopted, we didn't have any law that regulated franchising in South Africa. The Consumer Protection Act, or the CPA as we know it, is is not that comprehensive, actually, when when it comes to franchising. But there are some sections in the Act. Um, And then I think the, the first important point to realize is that the Consumer Protection Act classifies a franchisee as a consumer. So you're you're, if you're a franchisee, you basically you can basically rely on the same rights as a consumer. There are some exceptions, but so that's that's the first point to realise. And then the the Consumer Protection Act actually defines a franchise agreement. It states that it's without reading the whole definition to you, but it's basically an agreement that that regulates the relationship between the franchisee and the franchisor, in terms of which the franchisee makes payment to the franchisor. To, to use their business methods or IP or trademarks or, or copyright or whatever the case might be. So it, it, it first tells us what is a franchise agreement, and then it also gives franchisees a cooling off period. So you have a certain number of days after you've signed the franchise agreement during which you can cancel the, the franchise agreement without any penalty. So so that that is an important provision, I think, in the Act because it allows the franchisee, even once it's signed the franchise agreement, to still think about it. And if they if they think that they might have gotten themselves into a difficult situation, then they're still allowed to to cancel the um, franchise agreement. So, for example, that's something that is recorded in the Consumer Protection Act. The um, Consumer Protection Act also prescribes that the franchisor must give the franchisee what is known as a disclosure document. So the Disclosure document is almost like a business plan, but it, its purpose is to tell the potential franchisee essentially what the franchise is about, who the directors are, what their qualifications are, what kind of support system the franchisee will, will get. Um, and then the franchisor must also create projections. They must compile projections for the franchisee. So those projections will basically tell the franchisee based on certain assumptions, what kind of profit they can make out of the business, what kind of sales they can expect. Obviously, the franchisor will be very careful if they compile that that list of projections because they don't want to promise the franchisee that they are going to make you know, one million rand in the first month or whatever. So they'll have to be very careful how they set that out. But um, that is the purpose of the, of, the disc, of the disclosure document. So... If you are a franchisee and you're interested in, in getting a franchise from a franchisor, you'll you'll have to ask them for the disclosure document so that you can look at that and study that very carefully. And you, you're supposed to get that disclosure document two weeks before you sign the franchise agreement so that you can make a proper informed decision before you sign the franchise agreement. Mm. So now in terms of the CPA, the Consumer Protection Act, um, does it also protect the franchisee should the franchisor not live up to, for instance, their marketing offering while you are still paying for those fees? Unfortunately, when it comes to that, the, the CPA isn't very detailed. So, so basically... It, it, it requires the franchisor to, to, to insert certain key matters in the franchise agreement, and then you're supposed to get the um, disclosure document from the, from the franchisor as well. But apart from that, the CPI doesn't actually address franchising in, in more detail. Um, but be that as it may, the, 
as I've, as I've said, the franchisee is still seen as a consumer. So if the franchisee feels that the franchisor is doing something wrong or something that contradicts or um, contravenes the provisions on, of the Consumer Protection Act, um, they could they could file a complaint with the National Consumer Commission, for example. Um, in certain instances, they can even go to court, depending on, on what the what the situation is. But what I find in, in my experience, and I often consult clients when, when it comes to franchising, in, in my view, franchisees often get most frustrated if, if they don't get the right level of support from the franchisor. So if, you're, if you put yourself in the, in the shoes of the franchisee, you're expecting to get something for your money. So you're expecting that the franchisor will give you training and on, ongoing guidance and support and they'll troubleshoot problems in, in, in the operations of the, of the franchise business that you're running. And the frustration normally comes in if the franchisor isn't living up to to that support. And support is a difficult thing to measure. It's one thing if you say that the franchisor must send someone out once a week and give an hour's training or give an hour's support inside the store or restaurant or office or whatever the franchise involves. But it's, it's different if the agreement merely just requires the franchisor to provide support because support isn't really a thing that you... You, you can't measure it. There's no scale to say that you that you've now achieved seven out of ten on on the scale of support, um, and that's why I think it's important that franchisees should should ask around before they buy into a franchise. In fact, the CPA says that the disclosure document must list other franchisees so that you can contact them. So, if if I were a, a franchisee, I I would look at that list and start phoning the other franchisees and specifically ask them. How is the franchisor when it comes to the, the performance of the franchisor's side of the agreement? So are they providing support? If you have to order products from the franchisor, do they always have stock? Does the stock arrive on time? Um, are there any problems with the stock? Do you have to send it back or do they sometimes not send you enough of whatever they're supposed to supply? If you have an accounting problem or problem with the software, um, is it easy to phone them? Do they do they fix the problem quite quickly? If specifically, if they're providing software, um, are the other franchisees happy with the quality of the software? For example, does it get? Do they update it frequently, or was the last version released two years ago? And nothing further has happened, and the software just keeps on breaking because it doesn't work properly on on your computer's operating system, for example. So. Yes, the CPA definitely gives the franchisees certain remedies because if the franchisor does not perform, you, you can take them to task. Um, but I, I always tell clients that you rather want to stay out of court and make sure that, that you save money on legal fees and, and court fees and, and, and disputes and rather put that money um, in your business and make sure that the business works proper, uh, properly and that the business is profit, profitable for you. So. I would rather look through the whole situation up front and make sure that you are happy with what you're buying into so that you buy into a reputable franchise where you're not going to have these frustrations. And there are quite a number of highly regarded franchises in the country and they've been set up and they've been operating for a number of years. They have big teams in, in corporate offices that, that run them and provide proper support. And normally with those, Franchisees won't encounter problems, but there are also, unfortunately, some franchise systems for whatever reason 
um, those systems aren't operating properly and they do cause frustration for franchisees. And, and I think, therefore, it is important to make sure that you know what you're getting yourself into. As we close off, uh, Danny, I'd like you to perhaps just give us um, a couple of the advantages and disadvantages of franchising. I think as, as a franchisor, so if, if you have an existing business, it's, it's, a, very, it, 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 it's a, a very easy way to expand your footprint across the country. So let's say you have a career company or you have a, a little coffee shop, but it's working really well and you've been doing this for very long, but you don't have the time or the effort of the people to set up branches across the country. Franchising is perfect for that because you then take your tried and tested business method and you roll it out to other people. They're independent businesses. So what they do is, you know, for their own account, they pay you, but, but you have the benefit of your brand being seen across the country. So very quickly your brand grows and, and becomes more successful and your reach just becomes much wider. As a franchisee, you have the benefit of, of walking into a tried and tested system. So you don't have to reinvent the wheel. The franchisor has already, if it's a restaurant, they've already perfected the recipes. They've already figured out what the best way is to serve customers, what sells, what's, what is easier to sell and, and, and what you should try not to sell. And they've gone through all those growing pains. So of course, you have to pay the franchisor to, to step into that, but you're stepping into that knowledge that they already have. Um, and also, it's a brand that's already known. So if you want to open your own restaurant or estate agency or HR recruiting company, people don't know your brand. You'll have to build up a reputation. But let's say you've decided to retire early at a certain age and you now still have money available and, and you still want to do something. Um, then you can take that money and, and, and get the rights to operate a franchise with a brand that's already been built up and that will automatically just attract customers because people know the name, they know what quality is associated with it. So if we just think of some of the fast food franchises that we have in the country, you know what you expect if you're going to walk into one of those places. You see the brand, you know what kind of burger you're going to get or what kind of spirits you're going to get or what kind of milkshake or waffle you're going to get. You know what's on the menu, you know the quality. And as a franchisee, you get that benefit because you basically you basically walk into consumer trust. Um, so you have that goodwill that's already been built up and it's, it's, not, it's not something that you also now have to, to do and start um, from scratch. On that note, Danny, thank you so very much for joining us this evening. Perhaps give us your website or social media contact details at Adams and Adams. You, people are welcome to, to visit our website. It's very easy to remember. It's www.adams.africa. Um, and if you go onto our website, there's a specific section on franchising. People can read, read up about it. And there's also a contact block on our website there. And you, people are welcome to to fill in the form and send us a query. Well, uh, before I let you go, there's an SMS I got here from Hans in Strasby, who says he's still nursing burnt fingers. Says, woo franchises and franchisors steer clear. So, yeah, other people have had bad and nasty experiences. But uh, I think that's where the legal side comes in. Thank you very much, Danny. Pleasure. Nice speaking to you.